welcome one and welcome all. We're here with a very, very special guest, Mr. John Rettinger, President and Editorial Director at Techno Buffalo. John, thank you very much for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for, uh, for having me. Uh, we, we hear you're a BlackBerry fan and that you're really liking sure. your priv. Um, we're, we're here as well with Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. And we'll have just a quick little session here, get some of your thoughts and impressions on the device. So, so John, tell us, what's your history with BlackBerry? Have you used any BlackBerry devices in the past? Yeah, I've got a long history with BlackBerry. I think like a lot of people, prior to 2007, it was my daily phone. My One of my favorite phones that I ever had was the original uh, BlackBerry Pearl. And in fact, the first phone that I ever bought Full retail because I had to have it was you know one of the original. I forgot the model number. The side scroller, you know, was one of the original Blackberries. I, you know, I think everybody yeah. sort of loved loved Blackberry, and then the dark days. <laughs> and then and then the iPhone, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I remember with Blackberry, you had to make a choice between having Wi-Fi or 3G, and it was sort of a Wi-Fi oh, and okay. GPS. And it was like at that point when you realized that Blackberry had lost sight of the consumer market. I mean, when you had to choose which you wanted in your phone, um, I think was when probably myself and a lot of people sort of started to look elsewhere. Definitely. And, and you know, it's one of those things for BlackBerry where they, they missed the mark on a couple of devices that were really pivotal for them as well. Yeah. The storm being, you know, <laughs> exactly that, just a storm oh, for them. man. The storm, do you, I mean, the original storm was horrible. Horrible. I had a, a pre-release storm that I got two weeks before the device was released. And they warned me it had pre-release software in all candor, but it was unused. It couldn't do anything on it. I couldn't even send a BBM from it. It, it was so unusable. So, you know, you're using the Priv now. Um, what's been your experience? A lot of us saw your review and actually sure. were surprised by how kind of optimistic it was in terms of the device itself. What do you like about the, the Priv most? That it's running Android? Like, you've used BlackBerry 10 devices too. Like, how do you compare? So, whenever we review any devices, I sort of just review the device itself. I try and leave the company out of it or any preconceived notions I have of the company. Everybody goes into a, to a review with, a, with some sort of bias, but I try and sort of leave that and just evaluate the device on its own. And when the Priv got reviewed, by the media, uh, it seems that there were two separate firmware builds that were sent out. Uh, Techno Buffalo had two separate units. I had one, and our deputy managing editor who did the written review had another one. And we had two different firmwares. And mine was two versions newer than his. And what the press got was the older version. I had none of the bugs everybody else was experiencing at all. My device was near perfect and near flawless interpretation uh, of Android. So that's how I evaluated it. I, it was an elegant experience. It was as close to pure Android as you can get, I think without being a Motorola or a Nexus device. And what BlackBerry added, I thought, was of a tremendous value. They added value to having the, the wraparound screen. Uh, the security, I appreciated. Uh, I liked that they edited the kernel uh, of Android to make it more secure. I liked that I could check how secure my device was and actually get a score associated with it. Uh, I loved the on-screen keyboard. I loved the fact that I could use the keyboard as a, as a trackpad, even though I very rarely typed on it. Uh, they did a lot of things right, and I don't think they got the credit that they deserved because people had a sour taste in their mouth just because of the name. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the curved screen. How how does how do you feel about that? I I kind of feel like the nice part of it is it makes the phone feel thinner. Do you feel it, it gives any functionality, or it's just more of an aesthetic kind of you know physical feeling that yeah. it benefits from? Yeah, I think with the Samsung devices, the S6 Edge and the S6 Edge Plus. Uh, it's completely aesthetics. The curved screen adds nothing, but it does make it look really badass. 
Yeah. Uh, in BlackBerry's case, I think it makes it, it doesn't really look all that badass, but I actually added a lot of functionality to it. I was able to check my calendar really quickly. I was able to add items to my to-do list really quickly. Um, so I, I found it useful. Uh, it probably helped within this, too. I mean, it's not a fat device. It was at 9.4. 9. Um, yeah. But if I hit that device to people who didn't know what it was, and 9 out of 10 of them didn't know it was a slider phone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the awesome part about it, I think. Yeah, which I is love really that. Cool. I love that unveil, you know? When you, yeah. you hand it to someone and just just push up on the screen just a little bit. Yeah. And like, they kind of fumble around with it like, I'm, I'm doing this. And everyone's like, no, no, hit, hit, hit the lip. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man. I mean, yeah. it felt like the torch were like, you were clear that was a, yeah. that was a gigantic <laughs> slider. Um, so I, I think they, they offered what people wanted, a great on-screen keyboard, a physical keyboard if you wanted it and add a utility, and then you got the benefit of Android. BlackBerry BB10 was never going to compete with apps. Just like Windows, uh, what are they calling it now? Windows for phone. They're yeah. never going to compete in the app world, and that's what was holding them back. BlackBerry 10 is an awesome OS, and they got the Amazon App Store, added a huge amount of value there, but they're never going to have what iOS or Android's going to have. Yeah, and it's just the sheer like integration, because I've been a BlackBerry user for since the beginning of time, um, and... I've never really given Android a fair and honest chance, aside from a few hours here and there. Sure. It's just having the apps integrate within the notification system flawlessly and having apps just, you know, you know I had the Android experience on BlackBerry time, but everything's kind of delayed or slower. You, open yeah. it up, you have to wait 10, 15 seconds, and you get used to it when it's the only thing you use, but then you go on Android and you click an app and it immediately opens and you can do a task. It's like, this is the way that it was intended for. So, so let me ask you, as a, as a BlackBerry fan out, so you've been using BlackBerry devices, like you said, since the beginning of time, yeah. how does it feel to, to know that any app that you want now, you can go ahead and download and it's going to be there available for you? It's definitely a nice feeling. There was a lot of workarounds that I was trying to do on yes. BlackBerry 10 all the time. Side loading and all that kind of stuff. And, and the worst case, the worst part is too with my business, we use Google Apps for work for everything. So I use Google Drive on a daily basis. Yet I couldn't even have that on my phone, and I kind of just forced myself to be okay with it. But now that I actually have it on my phone, it just I feel much more comfortable that I could be away and, and have control. And could you go back to BlackBerry 10? Yeah, see, that's that's where I stand on it. I, I'm at a point where, with the Priv, it's almost like you just resold me a lot of the stuff I had already. In terms of the BlackBerry experience, right, the apps are great. I mean, I use Snapchat a lot now because I can, right? But that's, that's sure. really, I, I wasn't that app guy. I wasn't really looking for that. And the hub and, and everything I had with the UI, with BlackBerry 10, they nailed it, right? It's really a phenomenal OS in terms of the accessibility yeah. of stuff. So I think I could go back, and I might do that, just go back to the Passport and kind of feel it out. I know uh, they're, they're rolling out some updates, like right now, through the shop <laughs> BlackBerry devices and some of the carriers, and I'm interested to see you know, how those updates actually manifest on the device itself. Yeah, yeah the updates rolling out is actually what I had on my device when I reviewed it. Really? Um, Solid. I mean, very solid. All the quirks and quibbles that people had at the reviews uh, are all addressed. Although it does get really hot. The device got super yeah. hot. And it's at very strange times. Like, I've noticed on Periscope, for instance, watching a stream, it'll get really hot. Otherwise, it's like, all right, but I'll be, like, in bed on my phone in the morning, and it'll get really hot. It's very random tasks and random points of time, it seems. Like, yeah, I don't it, really the, know the, when. The phone gets super warm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, you, you asked about switching back to BlackBerry 10. I think I'm kind of a separate boat with James, but I do feel a lot of, like, one of the things that I do miss is always having the hub there and feel like it's always open and always, just, just always there. 
Um, and that's something that I feel like I'm missing a few notifications on Android. Maybe I'll accidentally swipe something away and totally not realize it, and then I go to my hub and realize I missed a few emails or whatever. Um, sure. I'm not even really using the hub all that much aside from messaging on the Android version because it feels a little bit delayed when it opens up. It doesn't have archive for email. It has a few quirks with it that they really need to work out, but I do miss a few things from the BlackBerry experience, but I'm too used to having the app functionality and integration where I don't think I can go back to it as much of a shame as it is. No, I think a lot of people are, are, are in are in that boat. Yeah. And it's a tough place as well because if you look at the, the hub on Android, it has some nice features that even the BlackBerry 10 version doesn't. They have, like, kind of up the ante in, in terms yeah. of some of the applications. It's just, you know, Android's their biggest limitation, right? They don't control that stack anymore like they did with BlackBerry 10. Here, John, question for you. Do you sure. think there's a viability for both OSs, like a dual-platform strategy for BlackBerry, or they've really got to go all Android? No, no, I, I don't think there's even a remote chance uh, for both. First, BlackBerry's resources are dwindling. They have to commit to one road uh, or another. It's not like Samsung with Android and Tizen. They could go down the forked path for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, BlackBerry's got to have a hit, and they have to change perception. And as great and as solid a platform as I think BlackBerry 10 is and the incredible features that it offers uh, with the hub and incredible multitasking, it's never going to have any sort of market penetration. And that sort of, that seems like a harsh reality for BlackBerry as a company. But suddenly, there's Android device. And suddenly, people know Android. They used to use BlackBerry. They remember how secure it was. Suddenly, there's a reason to go back to BlackBerry. BlackBerry's mission uh, is in customer acquisition, not in customer yeah. retention at this point. Right. And, and Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I guess from in that same light, what about... Would it make sense from a business perspective? Because you obviously run a business and you and you have good insight into it. Do you think it would make sense to do BlackBerry 10 for I, again not for market penetration, not for the consumer market, but for maybe just governments and the super secure where maybe they can't get Android at that point, or just fully dive into Android and just forget BlackBerry 10 ever existed? For those that are listening, I'm, I'm nodding my head no. Um, and it sucks. <laughs> it sucks to say it, um, but they're losing government contracts. Yeah. Day after day. They're losing those business contracts day after day. iOS can be relatively secure. Android itself relatively secure. They altered the kernel of Android to make it more secure. Um, the path that they've been going down, and I think BlackBerry 10 had it launched five years ago, would have been had way more success than it had. Yeah. Um, it's a losing proposition for them. They don't have the resources, like I said, of Samsung or even Microsoft to, yeah. to keep putting that money um, out for support even. Yeah, and we, we just saw them shut down and discontinue BBM meetings at the beginning yeah. of 2016, so, you know, yeah. those dwindling resources are, are really coming to a head for a lot of users. It's a tough point, right? A lot of people just love the BB10 platform, but there's a lot of people who like Nokia's and Palm's as well, right? And, and we know where those turned up, right? So, it's it's such a hard point. Tell us a little bit about your website, TechnoBuffalo. How did you get started in it, and, sure. and where do you plan on taking it in the future, John? Yeah, so uh, we started in 2009, which is a, a YouTube channel. Um, the YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash technobuffalo. I just, I loved, back then YouTube was just like cat videos and guys get hit in the balls. Um, I just, I loved, I love tech. I used to go walk around Best Buy, just relax. Um, and I just thought I'd make videos a hobby, just to try and learn a new computer I just picked up. And uh, really because nobody else was doing it at the time, it, it grew. Uh, and it grew very quickly. Uh, we now have over 1.1 million subscribers uh, on the channel and our website, technobuffalo.com. Uh, you know, we do about 15 million page views per month. Um, 
uh, on the site. So when you combine the two, we're the largest sort of independent consumer electronics sort of portal out there. We're just a bunch of geeks. We're consumers like everybody listening who loves loves tech. That's awesome. And what's some of your roadmap for the future? Do you really plan on continuing to drive? Because you guys have expanded quite a bit, right? You started out with like with reviews, and now it's gone like really across the stream. You guys are doing like television and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know we're trying. It's kind of one of the fun things about being independent. We can we can try new things if it works, right? If it doesn't work, yeah, we tried. Um, so yeah, you know we're trying new things. We're doing some more automotive coverage we've done in the past. We've branched out to some entertainment and key culture kind of stuff. Uh, but our, our bread and butter is is mobile, and that's always going to be our sort of our our, our love is, is phones and tablets, and that's just kind of stuff that I personally enjoy. Excellent. So let's talk about a little bit of the as we close out here, just like the outlook sure. on Priv. You know, one device is not going to save a company. You know, no. any company, any company in any situation. We've seen a little bit about like the Vienna, and some a little bit of the glimpses of what BlackBerry may be bringing to a head. You know, we have that five million mark from Chen that was 10 million not very long ago, right? It keeps getting smaller and smaller. Do you feel like BlackBerry has at least enough gusto to make that execution happen and bring those devices to hit that target? Yeah, I think the biggest problem facing BlackBerry is perception. Uh, yeah. People still look at BlackBerry as a company stuck in 1990, uh, or you know, stuck in the 2000s. Um, and the Priv is the first step in changing that perception. Even if it doesn't sell millions and millions of devices, it's going to make people think twice about BlackBerry when the next device comes out, whether it's whatever they decide to call it, it's a Vienna or something else. Uh, and I think that's where the Priv is already successful. Um, people are going to look at BlackBerry and think, wow, I've, I remember liking BlackBerry. The build quality was awesome. I just never liked the OS. Now it's running Android. I know Android. Uh, and I trust BlackBerry. And I think that they're going to, if they stay down this path um, and they keep putting out well specced well-functioning devices and maintain the update schedule, uh, I, I do think the company has uh, got some life left. Yeah, you know, that's a kind of question that I have about... Uh, I, I saw the video that you and Mark, uh, I, I know a rec new recent employee of you guys, and he's been doing great on the videos. Um, you did the 6P versus the BlackBerry Priv. Yes. And I, I, I guess I'm kind of... A big argument that kind of comes up, at least on Reddit, Android, for instance, is that unless you want a physical keyboard, there's no real necessary reason to get this phone because, again, it is fairly expensive. Do you feel that this phone should even be competing with the 6P? Or, again, is it just the argument, well, if you want a physical keyboard, get the phone. Otherwise, stay, in, stay clear of it. You know, so first, I think the pricing on the print is out of control. Mm -hmm. They missed the mark on the price, I mean, by about 150 to $200 mm -hmm. uh, for what it should be. I love the Priv, and I said this in the review, but I don't use a physical. I don't really use a physical keyboard. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got solid battery life. It's got almost stock Android. It's more secure than almost any other phone out there. Without spending way more for like a black phone. Yeah. Uh, those are compelling reasons that I thought to get the Priv. In addition, if I ever want to slide it out and use it as a trackpad, I've got that option. But using that as just a slightly thicker candy bar phone, um, it still makes a really good. Android option, and that's why when we, Mark and I were deciding what we want to do for our versus, I legitimately like to prove it was an easy argument, you know, for me to make against sort of a flagship Android device like the 6P. Yeah, no, I, I think it's kind of it, it's just a difficult thing, the pricing, of course. But you know, yeah. BlackBerry at one point they said they need to sell 10 million uh, phones in a year, and now they've dropped this down to 5 million phones. The, pro the reason why <laughs> I'm assuming why it's 5 million is probably because 
they're probably making making a decent margin off the phone. Whereas if they were to drop it down two hundred bucks, maybe they would have to go back and sell ten million devices. You know, one would assume, but the, the pricing though is still crazy. Yeah. Even on, if it was even place. if it was like fifty to a hundred dollars cheaper, you could still yeah. hit that top tier mark without you know breaking the bank. And you know this AT and T exclusivity until the end of the year is kind of a bummer too for a lot of users who just like you know they want it, they want to get it now, they don't want to wait. And shop BlackBerry, you know, outright is not an option for them. Uh, I, I'm, I just you know I agree the perception thing is the biggest thing. It's not hardware. It's no longer software. It's perception. So how would you change it, John? How do you go out and market something like this? I, I think they're doing a nice job. I think you got to look at almost to make an automotive analogy. What Hyundai has done. Look at Hyundai ten years ago. They're not in the best position. You look at Hyundai now. They're spinning off a luxury division. Um, they changed the entire perception of their brand by providing value. They said, "Okay, we know you guys think our cars are crap. We're going to back those cars up with a five-year, hundred-thousand-mile warranty." I think what and BlackBerry needs to do is say. We are going to guarantee you support, like, like HTC did. We guarantee you updates three weeks after Google puts them out public. You know that if you go to BlackBerry, you will get almost Nexus-like updates. We guarantee it. You will have it. And then there's a differentiating factor. I really like what Samsung's doing, but man, they suck with updates. You know, yeah. you know. I really like the, uh, the the camera on the LG G4, but man, those updates come slowly. Yeah. Let's um, provide a value add that no other company is doing. And right now, just putting Android on your phone isn't providing that value add. It is helping the perception that it's a viable alternative. But they have to do something that sets them apart. But, and if, I would, if I was John Chen, that would be what I would do. I would put all of my resources behind providing updates for devices that are in existence. Do you, and I guess like looking at the track record of BlackBerry 10, at least, they their first phone that came out, the Z10, they're still getting kind of updates, which is impressive for a two-, three-year-old well, three device. So I, I do hope that this Priv, three years from now, will still be getting updates. But again, they have no track record, and maybe Android's no. a little bit different, and you know we'll just have to see with that. Um, how yeah. do you feel about, say, for instance, like TouchWiz and these really heavy mods of... Android. Um, do you think that BlackBerry should steer clear of that, and they should really stay focused to what yeah. they're doing? Or I love what they did. It's such a light take on on Android. I mean, if if it had Google Now and you swipe to the right, I mean, it would always look exactly like the Google Now launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think their approach is perfect. That's what people love. That's why everybody loves Motorola devices. Or at least why a lot of people gravitate towards Motorola. It's close to stock. Android. Yeah. And beyond that, BlackBerry doesn't have to put resources developing new features that many people want or don't want. Um, I do want to say I also think BlackBerry missed a boat with the Priv also by not giving it a fingerprint reader. I think that was a, yeah. a big, big misstep. Really, we discussed that heavily last podcast. Yeah, it, so. it, the, way, the way that I felt and a few people, because again, we've been on BlackBerry for so long, so you don't want what you don't, like you're, you don't, I've never used a, t- uh, you know, a touch sensor, so I don't really know how useful it is, I guess. So then it's like, I'm not dying for it. It would probably be nice. But I imagine if you go and use a phone with one and you get used to it, going to a phone without one, probably it's probably hell. I just Yeah, I mean, not even for used to it, but now that you're on an Android platform, you got things like Android Pay. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and, and this is a security device as well, you know? Like that's part of the nomenclature behind it. You know, adding that in and, and putting their own spin on it, maybe adding in some other security layers would have been beneficial for, for Marshmallow as well. Absolutely, yeah, and like Marshmallow's a good point. Marshmallow's got APIs for fingerprint built into the OS. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're already sort of running a race a lap behind 
with devices just by not having that. And, and, and it's also something for people to say, don't buy a priv because. Yeah. You want to eliminate those don't buy a priv because. What are those don't buy a priv because right now for you? It's, only, it's, price, <laughs> it's price and fingerprint sensor. Price. Those are the only, and maybe ATT <laughs> exclusivity. Um, but it's, it's price and, and the fingerprint reader. If you're wealthy, then the price doesn't matter, but the fingerprint sensor is still going still gonna to be an issue. Which that, front, that front-facing camera, though, is just yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, two, two megapixels on the front is, uh, I'm thinking, if I remember correctly, two megapixels is yeah. an odd choice. For a $700 phone as well, right? <laughs> it's just, just oversight, yeah. man. Startling. And, and we've heard that pre-production models of Priv were actually running a five-megapixel camera, so <laughs> very, very weird that they decided to go down, maybe for cost reasons. I, I have no idea, really. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. Um, as somebody who may or may not have played with a pre-production model. Uh, I, I can I, I can definitely say that final shipping hardware did not match some of the pre-production things that were circulating around. Yeah, no doubt. They definitely made some final changes there. You know, we, we were talking on, on one of our last podcasts where, you know, we have we have the specs and the rumors and the leaks and everything comes out months ahead, right? And it's just like, it gets people wanting and waiting for these devices. And by the time it comes out, there's no OOR surprise, and it'd be nice None. if Blackberry would maybe, you know, do a spec bump up, maybe 4 gigs of RAM or, you know, something like that to kind of toss a hat to those that have been following it out throughout the course of its launch. Do you, guys, do you think, like, Mobile World Congress, like, announcing it that early was a smart move for them in terms of building up the momentum toward later in the year, or should they have held out till maybe summertime and then... I mean, BlackBerry is about as leaky a company as they can get. With all the different suppliers, there's nothing vertically integrated they do anymore, especially with Android. Uh, they probably did it preemptively because they knew it was going to leak anywhere. Um, but in an ideal world where they control all the information, uh, I think waiting probably would have been a bit more prudent. Yeah. Definitely. No, that's yeah. a good point because you look at a company like Apple, and if they if they're creating you know kind of everything internal, they can keep it pretty quiet. But whereas BlackBerry, you know, the screen is obviously used from Samsung, and you know every piece of it is not necessarily built in house. So it's a good yeah. point I've never really thought about. Um, you know, the more people that touch your device, the more, more yeah. potential for for leaks there are. I remember when the the torch came out. I mean, I I had a torch two prototype, and it was not that hard to get. Yeah. I mean, I actually had the phone. Like, it's, I still have it. Like, I. It was it's not that difficult. Yeah. No. I, so there's there's something I want to bring up about uh, the BlackBerry experience because I know that's another kind of path they're trying to take, because they are a software company, at least they're trying to primarily be a software company and have hardware just be, you know, some kind of cash flow. Um, So my question is the BlackBerry Experience, which would be BlackBerry Hub, BlackBerry Contacts, Calendar, do you think they should be pushing this on uh, cross-platform various devices and then on iOS, which seemed like it was kind of the plan, whereas maybe it's just being delayed simply just to quickly sell privs off, or what do you think the game plan is or should be for that? If If I'm running BlackBerry... And I'm saying, well, we're going to do everything we can to make the company a success, but we need to have a fallback plan if we don't. You need to have value in your portfolio of products. And BBM has value now. But until you spin those off into standalone apps, and until you spin off BlackBerry Hub as a downloadable, BlackBerry Calendar, BlackBerry Keyboard, those all have intrinsic value to a business. Um, but bundled and not stripped out, there's no real there's there's no value individually. It's always just the sum of the parts. So the parts have value. If you're thinking, man, five years down the road, I don't know if we're going to be a viable business. We have to make sure that we've got value for something. Then you, you can solely be a software company. Yeah. 
So in terms of getting that software out to users' hands, do you think it's like something that should be bundled as a add-on to Bez or be a standalone get it in Google Play consumer and or enterprise? Or maybe get both? It in, get it in Google Play. Yeah, just get it look out. What look what Microsoft is doing. Microsoft makes some of the best iOS apps going. Mm. Yeah, it, and Google makes some really nice iOS apps too. Yeah, there you have it. And BlackBerry is the only company that's, that's not doing it, except yeah. for BBM, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much cross-platform. I mean, Bez is, is obviously a cross-platform now, but you know, with the with the acquisition of good technologies, they've got a lot more on the iOS side of things. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's definitely an interesting path for them to take, and it's nice to get your perspective on things to kind of level level out our our uh, <laughs> our fanboyism because you know we love BlackBerry, we've been rocking them for a while now. And it's it's good to have sort of diehard fans. I'm a bit more pragmatic. Um, I wish I had that passion and love. For something, but I think doing this for so long, I've just become jaded towards everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah on our after shows, we normally get jaded about all the yeah, things that exactly. BlackBerry is doing, like like BBM channels. You know, Techno Buffalo has now joined BBM channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you see very quickly as soon as you know you get featured or discovered, and then you know the spam starts coming in, and you just gotta <laughs> play a little bit there. So it it can be overbearing. For a platform that is kind of Burgoyne, right? They could do so much with channels to, to put it out there for more people, but you know, it's just not a not a focus point for them right now. No, I agree. I think we picked up like twenty thousand or so um, in the first like week and a half. This was crazy. Yeah, you have those diehard, you know, people using BBM, but then uh, for for instance, me, all of my friends are on BBM for the most part, but I talk to a lot of BlackBerry people, and then my friends, I'm the their only BBM contact. But yeah. a lot of them are also using SMS, and that's kind of the, the, the annoying part where I, I'm having a lot of SMS and MMS issues on AT&T with the Priv, but I think that's also just an Android issue. So then all of my friends and, you know, people who use SMS, they're complaining to me like, hey, you know, it's not working. It's like, just use WhatsApp, use BBM, you just get your friends to use something. SMS yeah. is so outdated. But No, that that I agree with. That I agree yeah. with wholeheartedly. It's tough. It is, and you know, it sucks because on, on when I was on my passport on BB10, I was using BBM a lot. And as I move over to Perv, I'm actually using it less and less, right? I'm using Hangouts or using just the basic messenger, and it sucks because yeah. BBM is actually really nice on Android, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a great experience. Yeah, and and you know, it's just the people aren't there. Same thing with kind of the the market share in terms of BB10. It's just it's just not quite there. But Great, really great to have you on, John. I really Thank appreciate you for having me. Out appreciate some time for us. We will cut this off, and maybe we'll have you on. Maybe some future BlackBerry devices. Get I would, I that. would love it. I'd love to come back and chat with you guys. Absolutely awesome, John. Great. Thank you very much. This has been episode seventy-seven, Upstream. Thank you guys for having me. To get bonus Upstream content, check out our support campaign on BerryFlow.com/forward/slash/Patreon. <laughs>